Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and today we're talking about spiritual growth. Um, we've got a big heart to connect with people wherever they're at. And as you guys well know, we live in a tough world. There's a lot of hard things that are happening out there. When God created um, His creation, it was perfect. And when sin entered the equation, it broke God's perfect creation. And in His grace and His mercy, He redeems all things. And so today, we want to talk about really a heavy and a hard subject. We want to talk about mourning the loss of a loved one. And our desire is to breathe hope into one of the hardest parts of life. I've invited two dear friends and leaders to share their testimony of loss, and I believe that their faith and perspective will uplift and encourage you. I'd like to introduce Beth Ann Lampley and Kara Williams. Ladies, say hello to the people. Hey, people. Hello, hello. All right. So both of these girls are, are leaders in our ministries. They have different roles. I'm, I'm going to have them tell you about what they do and what ministry they're involved in. Bethany, you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me um, on the podcast today. So I have been with Canacuck since 2009. I started in college and worked at our middle school camp, K-West, and then um, got to stay on and went to the Canacuck Institute, uh, worked for our traveling camp, Camp Out, and then now have been at K-1, our elementary uh, flagship camp for the past four years and love working with elementary school students. All right, Miss Kara Williams. Yes, thanks for having me on. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, my Canacuck story started when I was a age nine, I believe, as a camper, and then went through college um, working at K-West, and then did the Canacuck Institute, and then um, started full-time with Canacuck Camp Out, getting to take camp on the road and share it with um, communities across the Midwest. So as you can tell, Canacuck has got all kinds of different ministries that are ministering to different groups of people. We've got a family camp. We have Camp Out, which Kara works with, that goes and partners with churches and does outreach to local communities. Um, we've got teen camps, junior high camps, and elementary camps. And, and each one of them, uh, we use the same strategy, is we, we bring in Jesus-loving college students and we empower them to use their gifts, their passion, and their testimony to minister. And what I've discovered now 15 years in the ministry here at Canacuck is that even as the director, I don't have all the answers. And years ago, growing up as a young director at Canacuck K2, one of our teen camps, um, it was inevitable every single summer, I would run into kiddos who had experienced loss, either the loss of a parent the loss of a sibling. And in those situations, I could care for them. I could minister to them. I could pray with them, but I knew what I needed to do. I mean, I learned very quickly. I need to go to my friend, James Burke, because James Burke, even though he was younger than I was, James had experienced the loss of a parent. His mom died when he was a young man. And with God's help, James grew up. He walked through the mourning process and God transformed that massive wound into a powerful weapon for the gospel and a, a weapon of ministry 
And so I would go get James and introduce him to those young men. And I would watch James, a young man who hadn't even finished college, but he ministered to them with a doctorate in loss and mourning. And it's just such a powerful, awesome thing. And so we bring in Beth Ann and Kara because they've walked a similar path. They've experienced significant loss as young women. And uh, Beth Ann is a little bit further in her journey than Kara, but they're both mature. They're both godly. And I believe that the way that they have walked through this process and, and now the way that they minister to others will be a great encouragement to you. And so, Beth Ann, I want to start with you. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I am the youngest of three kids. I had uh, two older brothers and amazing parents. Uh, my parents have been believers for over, you know, 30 years of their lives. They've been in ministry together. My dad's been uh, a pastor. And so we, we grew up in church as a family. Um, God's Word was in our home. Um, remember as a kid having a really close-knit um, family and a really blissful uh, childhood. And then around the age of probably 11 or 12 for me, I started to notice there were some cracks um, in our family. And uh, older brothers started making some decisions that would end up taking both of their lives down um, a path that would uh, really have some big implications and really didn't know at the time. But for the next 15 years, really, as a family, we'd be walking through um, a lot of valleys together um, and also seeing a lot of uh, prayers answered and God do miracles. But then ultimately, um, it would lead us to a point in our story where we would experience um, the loss of both of those boys um, in our family. And so in April of 2016, I was at home in, in Memphis, Tennessee. I was there for an NBA playoff game. Um, I remember having amazing seats that day, and uh, it was so it was so awesome to be there. But um, in an instant, everything changed when I got a message um, from my dad, and um, he had called me, and I um, I had missed it, and he sent a text that said, um, you know, call me immediately. There's been there's been an emergency, and so I knew at that point, you know, something's something's happened, and hmm. he shared with me. Um, the news that on his way to, to work, Seth, my oldest brother, um, when he was 30 years old, he was killed instantly in a car accident. Um, and so that was our first really big hit as a family of experiencing uh, loss. And uh, about 14 months later, uh, I remember being in uh, my camp office. I was standing around with my team. It was literally, I think, the day or two before campers were coming um, in the summer of 2017, it was June, and got another phone call, and it was my dad again saying, hey, um, you need to come home. Um, Nathan's not doing well. He's in the hospital right now. And uh, for the next six days, we would, as a family, my parents and I, hold his hand mm. and get to usher him um, into the presence of Jesus as he lost his life um, to an accidental drug overdose. Wow. Now, Bethann, your parents are amazing human beings. They are. Uh, I've had the pleasure of sharing the dinner table with them, and I've seen your dad minister to the Kennecook Institute. He comes and speaks on this very thing, mourning the loss of loved ones. What did your parents do to help lead you through the mourning process and the loss of your brothers? Yeah, I think the biggest thing they did for me was they walked out 
their faith that they had been building for over 30 years, that foundation of believing God and believing His Word and trusting Him at all times in their depths of pain um, and tragic loss. I saw them cling um, to the hope of Jesus. And while they were um, struck down, um, they were not destroyed. While we were brokenhearted um, and dealing with intense grief, um, they were also filled um, with hope and with peace. And so one, just watching their example um, was huge for me. Um, And then another thing, they were just physically near to me. I mean, Mm. at the time of these losses, I was 26 and 27 years old. So I'm an adult, but needing, I so needed to be like physically close to um, my parents. And they just allowed me in to their grief with them and allowed me to be physically close. I remember when Nathan died in 2017, I literally moved an air mattress into their bedroom for a week after he died because I just couldn't um, be away from them. Like I needed mm. the nearness of their comfort. We needed to to be in it um, together. And so they allowed me um, into that place with them, into their intimate moments um, of grief. We did that together. And then they let me have my own journey, you know, and that's the thing about grief is that everybody's journey is going to look different. Um, and they let me grieve in the way that I needed to. Um, they helped support me in what I needed afterwards. Um, I took the route of counseling. That was something that I desperately needed after walking through two major losses. And they supported me in that. They cheered me on in that. And so I think, um, you know, those were a few things that um, really ministered to me, just um, watching their example, seeing their faith lived out, even though they were um, grieving tragic losses and uh, that they let me be physically near to them. They let me into those intimate moments of grief with them. We did it together um, as now a family unit of, you know, three and four, depending on the time. And um, then they just supported me in my own journey. And they knew that I was going to be at a different place than they were at different times. And we were able to give each other grace and room to have our own story and journey with grief. (sighs) Wow. Um, Bethann, what were the phases of grieving that you went through? I mean, you talked about people walking through a unique experience, you know, in regard to your experience, what were kind of those, the process that you went through? Right. Uh, I would say initially, like in Seth's story, um, just shock. You know, you're never expecting that phone call or that message that someone has died um, from something so instantaneous like a car accident. You know, there was no forewarning for that. And so I just remember there being shock. But at the same time, I remember within the first hour of receiving that news, I felt overwhelming peace. And it was weird. Like I almost felt guilty for feeling that peace, but it was like God was, was speaking to me in that moment, just reminding me that right now, Seth is in the presence of God. He no longer has any questions or any doubts about faith or about the person of Jesus. Like everything has been made fully known to him. And he no longer is facing any sin, any temptation, or any brokenness of this world. Like his battle is over, like his struggle is over, and he is good. So um, it's this weird thing of going, you know, one moment you're feeling just this deep, deep sadness, and um, it feels dark and heavy, and then in the next moment you feel um, just an overwhelming sense of 
peace. And so, um, you know, I remember at one point in my journey, someone asking me like, you know, what stage are you at right now in the grief process? And I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. I don't even know, you know, what the formal names for each of them are. And um, I would just tell the audience, you know, they don't flow systematically. It's more like a bowl of spaghetti. It's all kind of interconnected and you can move from one to the other um, really quickly. And so I would say another thing I really experienced was just um, kind of a numbness in my faith. I never experienced um, doubt. I never doubted that God was good or that God was in this, but there was a season of just more numbness where I didn't have just this hunger, you know, for God's word and, and spending extended time, you know, with him and in his word. I just had like a really low capacity um, just to feed myself spiritually. And so for a while, it just maybe looked like just listening to worship music or just reading, you know, a psalm um, here and there. And so there was there was a brief time in that journey where I just didn't have a lot of capacity to digest a ton and just had to give grace in that area um, just to um, let myself be there for a little bit. Um, let me dig into that deeper. Yeah. <clears throat> I was talking to a young man yesterday who's recently married and whose wife is struggling significantly with some mental health issues and their marriage has fallen apart. And he described this exact same thing, just a, a numbness in faith. How would you encourage or give advice to someone who finds themselves in that situation? Right. Um, I would tell you that God's not scared of that that his shoulders are big enough to carry that with us and um, that there's grace for a season of maybe not seeking like you normally would or spending extended time like you would um, in normal study with God and in prayer with the Lord. But um, also just the caution there is you can't stay in that place. You know, um, you've got to start taking steps towards um, towards getting back to that place of, of regular um, just connection um, with the Lord, and you kind of build back up to it. So I think there's grace for that season, maybe at the beginning of your um, really intense grief, where you just don't have the energy to do it. Or you maybe have to ask and reach out to a friend to say, I can't read for myself right now. I just need you to speak truth and scripture over me. Mm. Um, and just being honest with that and allowing people into your journey um, and letting others carry you when you can't carry um, yourself. And then I think also just remembering like if you're not in a battle right now, if you're not in this season, this is the time to be hiding scripture in your heart because it will not return void. And, and these are the times when you can't maybe open up your Bible, um, but if they're written on your heart, they just come flowing out. Mm. Um, and so it's important just to hide those in your heart now so that when, if you're in a season like this, out of the overflow, it's just going to naturally be ministering to you and, and coming back up. Wow. I have one more question, then I want to jump over to Kara. How long were you in counseling? So probably for two years, I was consistently going every week or every other week. And um, what I learned there is I wasn't just unpacking what had happened in the most recent years, but um, I was really unpacking, you know, a lifetime of learning how I had handled grief um, and even loss as a child and um, what that looked like you know, now as an adult and how it affected me and um, 
I really saw counseling as a place where it was so safe um, mm. with my counselor. Yeah. And um, it was so good for me to have, I just called him, you know, a third party. He wasn't a friend or a family member. So when I walked into that room, that was my safe zone to say exactly what I was feeling, whether it was right or wrong. And a lot of times I would even say, you know, this is how I feel. And I know that's not godly. I know that that is sin in my heart, but this is what I'm feeling about this today. And, and for him to look back at me and say, I understand how you could feel that way. I see that. Now let's put truth on that situation. And it was really healing for me. Wow. Well, I love that you share that freely because we all need counseling. And I think it's important just to encourage people, you know, in your brokenness, get help. Right. Um, Kara, I want to jump over to you. Please tell us about your family. Yeah, thanks for sharing. First off, I just want to say to the audience, I'm sitting across from Bethy Ann, and as she is speaking, there's so much I'm just nodding my head because I'm like, yes, like I can resonate with that. Um, so just, again, humbled to even sit here as, um, like Shay had mentioned earlier, this is a little bit more fresh um, just in my life. Um, but just a little background on my family. Um, I'm the youngest of three girls. Um, grew up in Oklahoma, and um, I would just say I have so much respect just for my mom and dad and how they raised us girls. Um, looking back, I just see, and even now presently, just with relationship with my mom of how they discipled us girls in the home, um, and they truly let that be the heartbeat of everything they did, um, and how my mom just spoke truth into our lives and always pointed it um, to the foot of the cross and everything we did. And then how my dad just loved us. It was Ted and the girls. Um, and so um, just everything we did, they did it out of love and out of the love of Christ um, that they showed us. And so my story kind of started right about seven months ago. Um, it was December 26th. Um, we were, my family was here in Branson with us or with me, I guess I should say. And um celebrating Christmas. And I got a call because I was at my place that my mom had taken my dad to the ER um, just because of shortness of breath and heaviness on his chest. And the diagnosis there had come that he was going to need open heart surgery. Um, and so I was like, okay, we, we've done this before. Um, we've experienced this with a grandparent. We know this road. And so he went up to, they took him up to the another hospital have surgery and he did surgery. And as they started uncovering things, there were things that he was just a lot more sick than what we even knew. Um, so recovery was going to take a little bit longer. And so that was kind of, we were wrapping our heads around just the fact of, okay, this is going to be a longer road of recovery than we even imagined, but we can do this. Um, and then as it kind of went on, just things weren't working properly. Um, and on December 31st, uh, my dad, um, got to meet Jesus. Um, and like my mom said, sorry, um, this whole time we were praying for healing. And a couple hours later, she looked at us girls and she said, girls, the Lord answered our prayers. Your dad experienced healing. You know, it doesn't look like what we expected here on earth or what we would even imagine. But he experienced the ultimate healing. And I would say right then and there, it was like, a, okay, Lord, this is what you've entrusted us with. And we, we get to choose every day how we steward this. And we or personally, I want to walk in faithfulness and obedience in the steps that you've clearly laid out in front of us. And so seven months later, <laughs> this is where we're at, just experiencing the uncharted territories without my dad here on earth. Um, 
but fully trusting and having the peace and hope that like one, he's getting to experience the fullness of Jesus Christ and our heavenly father. Um, and that we have the hope of getting to um, see him again and being reunited. Mm. Well, if you can't tell while you're listening at home, we're all crying in the studio. <laughs> I can't see my notes. Um, you know, Kara, we know your mama too. Um, Kara's mom serves over at our family camp at Kekawai in the Bean. It's the coffee shop and the Robbins kids run up my tab over there all summer long. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Williams is eager to serve them. <laughs> but we we love her. She has the Williams smile, and just like you. And um, I'm curious what what is your relationship with your mom been like since your dad passed? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And I want to first off just say I've always have been close with my mom. Um, I've always had a, a special bond. I think it comes from being her and three girls. <laughs> but I would say my and. My respect for my mom has grown tremendously since losing uh, my dad. Um, getting to watch her, uh, Bethany even mentioned this, just walk out of her faith. And I've even thought back in the last 31 years of my life, um, I've gotten to watch my mom be a mom, be a wife, be a teacher, a coach, uh, a friend, a mentor. And a lot of times when we group all these roles that we've been, we also add believer in that. But as I've kind of been thinking about the role that my mom has played in my life of like, I've gotten to watch my mom be a believer and walk in being a mom, a wife, a teacher, a coach, a mentor, um, because that is the foundation she's always led in. Um, any situation or circumstances or conversation is always um, led on the basics of her foundation of her faith and her belief in Jesus Christ and um, losing my dad, losing her husband. That is how she has continued to walk in um, the foundation of her faith and letting that be what she truly has um, allowed herself just to walk in and hold on to, because that is consistent. Um, and that's something Hebrews 13, eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that is, a verse, honestly, that's been my favorite verse since I was nine years old. First time going to K-7, it was a Bible verse we learned. Um, wow. But I would say walking through the circumstances I'm walking in now, I'm like, Lord, like I am so thankful for the consistency of who you are because the uncharted territories that we're walking in now and things that we weren't expecting or um, we weren't prepared for, like the thing that we get to cling to is that you haven't changed. And I would say that is something I'm just thankful for that I have my mom there um, just to be able to watch her walk out in her faith, because I know that's been a testament to myself. And then as Beth Ann spoke of just like the physical comfort that the parents brought, um, I went for a few months of not seeing any family because of quarantine. And then when my mom arrived up here at camp, it was just that comfort of like a breath of fresh air of just being able to be in the presence of my mom. And so I'm just very thankful even for the time I got with her as she has been working at camp and getting to just be in the physical presence with her. Mm. Kara, what's in the last six months, what would you say the hardest part of this whole journey has been for you? 
That is honestly a great question and something that I don't know if I can pinpoint one thing, but I think something that could probably resonate with our audience or anyone who's listening that may be walking through this is all the first you're having to walk in and step into. Um, you know, there's the first going back to work and seeing all your <laughs> friends and walking through of them, even knowing that they know what you've just experienced and having those conversations to the first, um, father's day. Um, even my, my dad was such a big part of my life, even when they were living in Texas and being 13 hours away. I mean, he called me all the time in the car going to and from work. And so even adjusting to not having that phone conversation anymore, um, was something that was hard and that I had to walk through. Um, and then even gearing up for camp, um, because he always loved getting to hear, okay, what are you doing now? What's going on? Just that new season coming up, um, getting to experience without him. That was just kind of like, okay, this is another first that I am having to walk in. Not, not a bad thing, um, but I would say that's something that probably everybody could resonate with, that there's just still one, mm -hmm. a shock that Bethany kind of experienced with her first brother um, of like, is this really our life? But then also too of like, okay, just take a deep breath. It is okay to experience the emotions of crying. And a lot of times my sadness of emotions um, also come right behind joy from the Lord too. Um, and it's so cool to see how they can intermingle with one another. And I think sometimes we see it as they have to be two separate things, but they truly can be intermingled. Be like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing so much sadness and missing my dad. But then also being like, man, he's experiencing like <laughs> where we all want to be. Um, and just the realization too of like something that I've learned of like here on earth is not the end game. And having the hope of getting to one day be reunited with our Heavenly Father is something that's just like brings so much joy and hope to me as I'm walking in this right now. Beth Ann's over here nodding her head in the room. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you want to add? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Like, the biggest thing that I've probably learned is that joy and sorrow coexist. Like, mm -hmm. they go hand in hand, and you've got to just let them become friends. Um, because I think as a Christian, maybe sometimes you wrestle with, if I am experiencing this intense sadness, does that mean I'm not rejoicing in the Lord or, or trusting in his plan. No, you're just experiencing the emotions that God gave you. Um, my dad told me once, like, grief um, is a continual process because the loss is permanent, this side of heaven. And so your grief journey is going to be um, continual during your time on earth. And so what does it look like to feel all of those emotions and to let yourself go there and to process, but at the same time, just remember and, and hang on to um, the hope and the joy that's found in Jesus. I know that, you know, for you guys, as you probably reflect on this process or you find yourself in this process, it feels sloppy and unkempt and weak, but for those of us who are on the outside, you know, who live close to you, having watched both of you walk through this process, it is flat out inspiring. I mean, I just, I'm crying here, I think just like, because I'm like so 
proud and awe-inspired, filled with hope as you guys share your story. And, and fortunately, you know, both of you guys had a really strong foundation heading into this loss. So for those of us who, who haven't got there yet, and we're all going to get there, we're all going to experience this kind of heavy loss, what advice would you give us to be prepared, to prepare ourselves to be, you know, to have as solid a foundation as you guys have to walk through that? Yeah, I think just, um, you know, it starts with just knowing, like, what do you know and what do you believe about God? Because what you believe about God um, is going to shape the way that you walk through any circumstance and season in your life. And so in order to know God, you've got to know His Word, and that's where we're going to find His promises. That's where we're going to learn about His character. And so I can remember you know, even in my own season of just being able to go back and just, I wasn't even calling out full verses to myself, but I was just going through, you know, even so many things that are in the Psalms, like, okay, you're my rock, you're my shield, you're my portion, your loving kindness. It never ends like in you, like there's joy forevermore. Um, there's hope. There's hope in the things that are unseen and, and not seen, like there's coming a day where there's going to be no more tears and sadness and pain. And, mm. and all of that just came from, years of just trying to be faithful and just um, know the Lord. And I did not do that perfectly. There were many seasons of my life where I was not faithful to hide God's Word in my heart and to make time with Him a priority. But um, I'm thankful that God's Word never returns void, and, and He has written it deeper on my heart than I could have ever imagined. And so um, start getting to know Him and His promises so that you can cling to them um, during this these times. And then also sometimes you just have to be uh, like willing and vulnerable to like reach out for help. Um, and maybe that comes through the form of looking for mentorship or discipleship. Or um, if you do experience loss right now, but you're not strong in your faith, so many um, churches have a grief ministry or maybe a Christian counseling might be the thing for you. And so be willing to reach out um, and to get the help that you need. That's good, Bethany. And I would also just piggyback just with, it would be easy to look to your left and right and compare maybe somebody that you've seen walk through this journey. And just as an encouragement for somebody who might be walking this in the future of just like, just give yourself grace um, to take one day at a time and just realize your journey might not look like somebody else's. Um, But when taking one day at a time and truly just trusting the Lord of saying, Lord, like I fully believe you have walked and gone before me um, prepare my heart for whatever that next might be um, can really just allow yourself to live in grace and freedom in that, because I think it would be easy to get caught up to, Oh, this is what I need to be doing, or this is what I should be feeling. And it's just like, let yourself be at times. And I know Beth Ann was at the very beginning. I mean, just, through reaching out via text. I'm mean, just making sure she was just like, here, let yourself be, let yourself do. And then I'd already had a planned trip to Florida, um, like a couple weeks after my dad passed. And she said, Kara, go, don't feel guilty to have fun. And my sister and my mom ended up joining me on that trip. And just to being able to have that like encouragement and just like allow yourself to breathe and um, be where you're at and take one day at a time was just good for me um, because sometimes you kind of put expectations on something just because that's how you've seen it done. Um, And sometimes you just need to 
allow yourself to just to sit in the presence of the Lord and allow him got to guide you through it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about just the value of having someone like Beth Ann, who's a friend who's walked through it to lean on. How did that help you through the process? I think honestly, and I haven't ever really told Bethy in this. Um, so here you go. <laughs> There's like, as we experienced, or we talked about the comfort with our parents, um, being in the presence of a parents, um, there's just a comfort in knowing that Bethany gets it and she can ask questions. And when she says, how are you doing? If there's a comfort level of being able to um, just share with what I'm walking in or how I'm feeling that day and not feeling like I am being a burden to her. Um, so it's very valuable. And she even mentioned of like being able to have friends there that you can talk with and, it's huge, I would say, to be able to be able to experience mm. this and have a friend that is reaching out and she knows because she's walked through it too. Um, so thankful for that. And I think like there are like a lot of times in scripture we see that God a lot of times attaches, um, he talks about blessing that comes along with suffering. And sometimes that feels hard to reconcile those things. And so I think the blessings and the gifts that can come from Suffering and loss are the gifts of empathy for other people. Um, I've seen myself grow in compassion and the ability to sit in suffering with someone else um, better than I had done before I experienced loss myself. Because like Kara said, you, you, you understand maybe on a different level some of the emotions and the thoughts that they're processing through. And so it becomes a gift to be able to sit in grief um, with someone else. Another one of those gifts would be just knowing God's character in a deeper way. Like I would say without a doubt, like my faith has never grown more, been more real, been more deeper, been more meaningful to me than during times of extreme tragedy, loss, and pain. Yeah. I want to roll into 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 through 5, and that was the perfect segue, Bethann. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is, is abundant through Christ. Girls, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty. Um, I know that I'm sitting here blessed by you, and I just, I know with a whole heart that this message is going to land in people's laps just when they need it. And so um, keep doing what you're doing. Super proud of you and super grateful to be on a team with you. And thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm third approach to spiritual growth. We'd love to pray over you as you go about your day. Father, we come to you and in the name of Jesus, we lift up our listeners today and pray, God, that you would lay hold of their heart and speak to them intimately today. We pray, God, for those that are walking through suffering, that you would comfort them in an intimate way, and that you would carry them through that difficulty and challenge. We pray that their faith would not waver, but rather that it would be strengthened as they lean into you like never before. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Thank you.